1: that's a hell of a way to start a podcast, huh? Yeah. One, two,
2: three, four. I guess we might as well just go right into it. He's already touching it. it. Huh? today's episode is brought to you by blue mon everyone always asks me hey uh schmo what kind of product do you use for your hair to get it to stick all to the side i use blue mon i love their stuff and they have a discovery kit right here for all five of their types the monarch the hybrid the cavalier original and the fist sample what you just use right there kevin is their Send volume cream when your hair is a little damp after the shower you put it on add some volume let it dry and then you put the product one of these in there but that's good stuff uh I love using the fist sample; it's uh, it sticks and holds very well. All the different types of clays and the different finishes. Check them out. Use the promo code Schmo get ten percent off. Bluemon dot com, and uh, make sure you check out the quiz too. They have an online quiz. You take that. We'll provide that link as well, where you could kind of see what you can test out based off of your hair type. There it is. Bluemon com.
1: All right. Yeah. All we right. off to a good start. We're off to I'm a go good start. I'm gonna go train after this, so. Uh, oh nice. You know, I figured that I keep my hair together, and <laughs> nice. that that's the thing when you try and maintain good hair, and then you're grappling and rubbing up against people, sweating and shit, like that's hard. Yes, it it's is.
2: A and without further ado, <laughs> yes. welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast, episode 89. I'm Dave Schmolenson, aka the Schmo. My co-host is
0: Helen E. With Helen E. Sports.
2: And one of the most electrifying men in mixed martial arts. He
1: was a hot free agent for a hot second. He's mm-hmm. Kevin Lee. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all having me. Can, can we address the elephant in the room? Please. That you're using your regular voice right now? Okay. That's fine. <laughs> for, for a lot of people, that's... Uh, I'm pretty I, sure I, that's strange shook. with him, you know. <laughs> I'm shook. I'm, I was expecting the schmo, the schmo game, you know, but this is your regular, just David voice.
2: That's true. I, I now that I think about it, I, I don't know if I've ever really used this voice that much around you.
1: No, no. I mean, once the cameras like flip off, then you 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 got a like incredible ability ability to just like switch it, and then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, he's not schmo anymore. But now all day schmo. I appreciate it. I don't
2: really think about it that much, but uh, thanks for putting that into perspective. And I guess that is an elephant in the room.
0: Yeah. So what do you think, though, of David? Because they are kind of different people, right?
1: They're different, but I see... I can appreciate both sides of it. I can appreciate the small side of just like being a bigger than life type of personality. I feel like I've done that too, like a while. And then you kind of like find the middle ground in there somewhere, you know, between being just t- totally normal to being like larger than life. So uh, when you when you like the larger than life, like I think the first time we met was in Atlanta.
2: What was was the Fortland. I was actually going to bring all this up, the and I'm press glad conference. you are. Uh, yeah, the press we we was. trained, or we trained, yeah. but we did the Schmo versus the Pro that day in Atlanta yeah. at that press conference. But I remember we met. I think it was at the UFC uh, headquarters. They mm-hmm. did some sort of like mingle, some sort of function. It was. Did uh, we? I interviewed you then. It was. Uh, I don't remember exactly. So many
1: is hard to remember.
2: It was 2018. I okay. know it was 2018. And I'm trying to remember what it was around, but it was way before UFC 236. It was the first time I interviewed you, and it was the first time I did the schmoak around you. And I have such a huge appreciation of you. I've loved, even before I got mainstream into covering this sport, like Mm. all of your come-up, all your rise, up until the interim title fight with Tony Ferguson. I loved Mm. everything about you. You know, you're young, uh, rambunctious, early 20s. Uh, You brought such a good flair to the game and MMA, and that's what I think has stuck with you and even why – UFC not UFC you're a popular fighter because of everything you bring to the table.
1: I appreciate that I appreciate that. I I feel like and now it's kind of like we've been on a journey, right? So it's like now I'm kind of trying to show growth You know, I was this young kind of rambunctious kid kind of showing the larger-than-life side But then there's like a really real side to me, too uh, which I had to kind of get more in touch with and and Bring to reality and now I'm trying to find like a, a happy medium between the two because I do think there's a lot of people that have watched me on on the come up and see where I'm at now and now they wanna see like, okay, where are we going next because I think it's a lot of big shit to get to get to, you know. It's kinda like a whole nother chapter. Yeah. Yep. A whole
2: other chapter to the book that yep. you're writing right now before your eyes and you're still a relatively young guy. Yeah. Especially in sports.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I can get you give you your flowers too, you know. We we uh we we need you guys to do the, the the real job for us, you know. Uh it's like the storytelling and stuff. Like the fighting part, we do that anyway. It was doing this way before any, anybody knew that we were doing it, but the the storytelling and the reason why people want to watch you fight. Uh I feel like you guys do do a, a damn good job on it. H- Helen was interviewing me when I was, still was at Roy Jones gym before nobody was <laughs> was interviewing me. Yeah, we go me. way back. Or yeah. before it was a thing, you know. Like uh so I feel like we it's it's kind of sad to be entering into this new chapter, but it's nice to, like, be able to look back and appreciate some of the moments where we come up off of it, you know?
0: Of course. And one of the biggest thing about the new chapter is, like, what you guys just talked about in April 2019. I believe that's when... The schmo, right? His mm-hmm. question to Dana White about the 165 pound division, and yeah, now you're about to yeah, fight yeah, for Habib's huh? organization. Yeah.
1: As as a 165 pounder, yeah, yeah we we starting it up, and I got to thank Schmo for that. He <laughs> he kind of, you know, I, I I may have said it a couple times, but when one person says it is not enough, it's like you, you got it in front of Dana's attention, and other people uh, start saying it even more. So now now we actually making it a, a reality. Which is crazy, right? It's
2: a much needed reality too, because there's so many talented fighters at 155 and 170 and that 15 pound gap mm-hmm. between the two, like why float between the two and, and kill yourselves when just have naturally increments of 10. So of all people too, Habib and his organization starting this off and he swoops you off the market and free yeah. agency. And now yeah. you have an opportunity to, you know, set a whole new record yeah. and set, Set the entire 165-pound division, you know, ablaze.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I think we're going further the sport with this, you know. I look at this more like a partnership. It's not so much that I signed underneath them. Uh, we're just going to work together through this and build something bigger for the sport. I think it's time for the sport to get bigger, not just the UFC or not just Bellator not just PFL. You know, it's now it's like, OK, let's make MMA as big as it can possibly be you know, get it on on level with boxing or or, or something like that, where boxing is is its thing now. Um, It's been around for 100 years, but at some point it had to go through the same same growing process.
2: And why the hell not? Like we were alive when we watched a whole new sport come to fruition. Imagine being alive in the early 20th century when baseball or football, basketball leagues started rising up and you have the NBA, the NFL and whatnot now. But same thing with mixed martial arts and MMA. Like the UFC, obviously, that's the brand. That's the name mm-hmm. behind it. But now as this sport is approaching 30 years young, mm-hmm. you see all these other promotions and opportunities and, and people are really following at the time of now where they're able to follow fighters rather than promotions. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's so many people in this world that do it too. There's so many amateur fighters. There's so many like low-level pros. I, I want to say it's like 20 or 30,000 fighters in general you know you're only going to hear about the top 100 something like that 200 maybe but there's so many stories that could be told that we all going through uh I feel like it's, it's kind of needed you know
0: now when we saw you about two weeks ago it was in Miami for that huge Eagle FC press conference mm-hmm. and I remember you were telling me when I asked you about like an opponent for your Ego FC debut March mm-hmm. 11th you're interested in Diego Sanchez and it looks like He's interested too. Yep. So where does that kind of stand right now?
1: Um, it looks like that fight's going to happen. Uh, we don't have a signed contract from Diego yet, so uh, I can't officially announce that that it's gonna that it's going on. You know, they want to they want to do it in a in a special way in all this, right? They want to announce it themselves. I feel like sometimes we should just be flat out about it. Just be real about it. That's what people like about fighting. It's fucking real. So um, the fight's going to happen. We try and make it happen, but we're waiting on Diego's side to, to finish. I'm not going to, like, wait for a big announcement and all that shit.
2: So you're preparing to fight March 11th right here in 2022. Yep. yep. Start things off at the beginning of the year.
1: Yep. So I'll be moving from Vegas in maybe two or three weeks now. Um, January 15th is when I'm looking to move, so it's a lot of shit, train on top of moving across the country and all this. It's, it's a lot to deal with. You know?
0: Have you packed yet?
1: <laughs> I've, I've cleaned first. I've got I had clean. to clean first. Packing is next. Packing is next. Next week's packet.
2: packing. So you're moving to South Florida, and correct me if I'm wrong. Did you say you were training? uh You're going to be training out of Sanford MMA yep. under Henry Hoof and that whole team.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, with Sanford.
2: So obviously, uh, there's so many great gyms across the country, and a lot of people talk about the great gyms in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, How would you come to the conclusion of Sanford MMA?
1: You know, it was just something that kind of just came to me. Um, like somebody approached me with it i think it was uh derek bronson talked to me about it first um and i know eric Nixick's is really close with with henry hoof they got a great relationship um so I, I just constantly kept hearing the name and the name and uh i think people get confused on like how i do my training and stuff um I, i'm kind of just like a maverick i kind of this this is just the way i i, am. I, I I love martial arts because it's everywhere, right? So I kind of just like training and traveling and, and finding different people that I stick with and stick to. Um, so as soon as I walked into Sanford, it was already like a couple guys that I naturally kind of gravitated towards, you know? So it made it make even more sense that that would be home to me. They have an amazing gym attached yeah, to the next door. Yeah, huge. The facility's fantastic. Nice. Like the main thing about the UFC is you got the PI, but yeah. there you got all of that that you need you know right yeah it's amazing Whoa. yeah
0: amazing weather too
1: yeah that too yeah. that too all year round nice around. girls and the, the whole Spain. Oh, got sorry. everything you need <laughs> what more can you ask for
2: just when we were in Miami we were just walking walking to your, that press conference and we're mm-hmm. like wow nine days away from Christmas and it's sunny and it's 80 degrees and humid is yeah. this real life right now yeah that's yeah. South
1: Beach That's yeah I'm about to get used to that honestly part of it is I'm kind of getting a little over Vegas too kind of been over Vegas too a little bit like the live in itself so it's time for a change i can understand that I can understand that we're
0: gonna miss you here though but we're excited for your new chapter in florida i
1: appreciate yeah. that i'm gonna miss y'all too you know like i'll I miss everybody that I came up with here there's so many like people that i've trained with and like different gyms and different good people that i've met like i'm, I'm gonna miss all that you know I don't think
2: we got to say this on our last episode. And by the way, this is the last episode of 2021. Oh, so wow, all right. this is crazy. Well, That's making history all, all day. Huh? Yeah, well, it's a, you're the a great person to cap it all off with. Off with but one thing that I, really impressed me about visiting that press conference and, and checking out the facility, it's how innovative things are gonna be over there. They're yeah. making it seem like it's like an apex on the West, Mm -hmm. everything that they're going to be able to do. And it's not just MMA matches. They're going to be able to do Muay Thai, regular Mm -hmm. boxing matches. They're going to have a a great facility, very similar to the PI, where you can do recovery, where you can do strength and conditioning and all the different types of disciplines and practices you can get out of it. But also what I like, too, and you'll feel feel me on this, too, is how invested they are into the future in crypto, to the metaverse and everything like that. Aren't you getting paid in Bitcoin?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be the first uh, athlete paid in Bitcoin, so... Uh, I think there's been a, a couple NFL guys. There's been an NBA guy that did it, too. But I'll be the first uh, fighter to be paid in Bitcoin. So
0: did you decide that you wanted to be paid in Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. Or that's how they're going to pay every fighter?
1: No, I decided. Yeah, it was something that we... Uh, oh, his choice. Yeah, my yeah. choice. It was something that that's we awesome. that we negotiated with them. Uh, but it was big to me. Like, I feel like the more we use these things, the more value that they'll have. So uh, I'm. you got to practice what you preach. So if I, if I practice Bitcoin, I got to get paid in it. I want to, I want to start paying people in it. I want to, you know, do the whole shebang.
2: It's crazy that this is really here. This is, it's in the onset. It's 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 now. It's It's now. now. It's It's not not like this
1: is the future or anything like that. It's now, you know, they talking about throwing fights in the metaverse and (laughs) having people watch them virtually. And, uh, it's now, you know, I just bought my dad a a Oculus for, for Christmas the other day. So, uh, he's going to get to watch me fight from, uh you know, whenever they decide to do that.
2: It's absolutely That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's now. And the people yeah. that are not on the train now will eventually be laggards, you know, yep. they're late to the, to the party and everything like the, that. The way
1: I see it is kind of like the YouTube bang before it really yeah. like got yeah. going. Like it's, we're going to enter into a new wave of this. Like before YouTube was a thing, people was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like we don't watch CNN. We ain't yeah. watching TV. Like come get on with that kitty shit. Uh, and you see now, like, it's huge. It's way bigger than anything that you'll ever see on TV. I feel like this next section of the internet is is going to be the same thing.
2: It's crazy, too, because when we were growing up, everyone always talked about us as kids. You're the future. You're the future. And then at a certain point, we continue to age. Time continues to go by faster. And we're no longer the future. It's the decade behind yep. us and the two decades behind us. So... If we're sitting here at the age we're at now, you know, all of us are in the same age age group, age bracket, and we just say, oh, fuck this. This is too complicated. This is not our era. This is not a generation. We're going to be left behind. Yep. This yep. So, so you know, the way social media rewards you for being first and using things when they come out and mm-hmm. evolve with it, uh, if you're not with this stuff now, you're going to be left behind.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's just the way of the world and the universe too, you know? If you're not on the next wave, you're just going to die off which is fine you know we need that but we need that next wave we need those pioneers we need those pushers into the next into the next generation so that's why i was kind of happy when they approached me with this with this deal and i see how much flexibility they they have on on doing stuff like that um it makes me more excited for it it's
2: oh the one question i didn't ask you could probably answer this question are you going to be allowed to market on your shorts or are they going to have Oh, so you could just like kind of Bellator does and you know that with your brother, yeah. you can mark it all over your shorts the way the yep. early UFC days were.
1: Yeah, which is a uh, little more creative freedom, too, you know. Um, we're going to take it away from the Condom Depot shit, though. I ain't, I ain't having none of that <laughs> on, on, on my ass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'll rock Boohoo Man and they'll make a we already in contact with them of of making me some really nice, like, real clean type of type of shorts, you know. And I think we're we'll, we going to step up some fashion fashion has kind of already gotten into MMA anyway. I want to say maybe like 5 years ago you guys think people start doing that dapper scrappers and, you know, people start kind of dressing up for the events and stuff like that. Uh so let's let's go ahead and combine it a little more in like the in it. the actual cage. I like it. Yeah, I like it.
0: Even on your Instagram, I've seen posts before where like you're really dressed up, like you're into fashion.
1: Yeah. Um always have been. It's got some always of the best been. looks at I, the press conference. I know. <laughs> I, I always have been since I was a kid. I just ain't had no money when I was a kid, you know? Now that I got a little money, like, all right, yeah, let's show it out a little bit.
2: I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm right there with you. Not me, myself, but the schmo is all uh-huh. about the fashion. Like, like I just got this new jacket, right? And I'm yeah. sitting here and I'm just gloating about the seams and the design and everything like that. Yeah. I feel you on every level. It's yeah, important.
1: It's, it's It's a good way to, like, express yourself, right? True. You gotta, You got to... Like, that's what somebody sees before you even open your mouth. And most of the time, I don't really do much talking either, you know? Like, especially as a kid, I didn't really talk a lot. So, like, I always, like, tried to show something in a different way, you know? Like, um, that's why, like, when they had dress-up Fridays and stuff in in high school and, you know, we had to wear a uniform every day, one day you get to wear your shit, like, I brought my shit out. Like, I like colorful, flashy. I like all that. The flair. Mm-hmm it's necessary it's it's gotta have flair you got to you got to
2: it separates you it's what sells too i mean personality and performance i think are big indicators of Mm -hmm. getting that fan base especially in your shoes
1: and and it makes people remember you too you know like i don't even remember the first interview that you said we did but i damn sure remember that second one when we were uh in atlanta and it was i think it was the glasses that i remember the most and, and I want to say the glasses is what I remember about uh, Usman, too, the first time I met him. Mm. First time I met him, we were in Scotland. And we were uh, guest fighters doing, you know, I didn't remer- remember who was on the card. I think Gunnar Nelson was maybe. Um, but nobody knew who he was. I didn't know who he was. And then he walked through the hotel with, like, these these uh, see-through glasses, uh, kind of aviator style. And I was like, oh. I I noticed him like, right away, you know? Uh, And then that kind of image stuck in my head, and then he fought a couple times. Then he fought RDA, and then that's why I was like, oh, okay, no, the dude can really fight. But the first thing I always remembered about him was the glasses.
0: And now he's number one pound for pound.
1: Crazy. Crazy. Right. And
0: a lot of people debate, right? Like, is it Usman or GSP for the Walter Weights?
1: It's Walter Yeah. I don't like the people do that though. It's GSP all the way for one. Let's just let's just get that out there. GSP hands down. I don't even think it's possible to 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 for him to beat it. Um, How come it's not possible? For unless him, he goes up to two hundred five and fights John Jones. If he beats John Jones, then I'm saying okay. He. But what he, if he
2: goes to one eighty five and gets one eighty five belt?
1: George did that. Yes, he did. Yeah,
0: against Bisping.
1: That's true. He did that first. So if, just because you do it too, don't mean. You're better than me all of a sudden. I already did that. It, now, if you go 205, you, you fight John Jones, you fight Jan Blockovich, you fight uh, Adesanya or something. All right, now we can talk. But before that, I hate that people. What do about
2: that. the people that argued the level of competition that George faced and Usman faced, both as they're obviously
1: the come up in the reign in the welterweight division? <laughs> But the the, the, comp, the level is always gonna gain, you know? His level is gaining too. I, I just think the new generation is a little bit better than the last generation. So we can't compare these. It's it's like, it's it's very hard to compare them, you know? Uh, You just gotta look at his level and see his accomplishments and what he did. And I feel like it, it kind of shits on the person every time somebody says, oh, this is the new greatest of all time. Oh, he beat him out. Like, well, fuck, y'all said I was the greatest, like, this was like last week, you know? And all of a sudden, like, I, I ain't shit. So I, I, I hate that people kind of do that.
0: It's kind of like when people compare NBA players, right? Right. From different From decades. From different areas and yeah. athleticism.
1: But no, you bring up
2: such a great point, though, too, because the sport's so young. Even the people mm-hmm. that were first coming up in the sport, they didn't have, like, MMA gyms. They went to a boxing gym. They went to a jiu-jitsu gym, mm-hmm. you know, wrestling. Now everything can be together and mm-hmm. people are coming up and like, oh, I want to be an MMA fighter. So they're training specific disciplines of the sport at a younger age that they normally wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so not these from, guys are getting good.
1: Like yeah. the, the young kids are fucking good now. Like That's what keeps me motivated still now. Like no matter how good I think I am, I'll go with like a like somebody who's on the come up like a 21, 22 year old. And he'll he'll even do one move that that I've never imagined before. Or, like, I just didn't think was possible. It's like, oh, fuck, this, this level's about to get crazy. Like, I better stay on my P's and Q's. Somebody's going to beat my ass one day.
0: Well, someone that's getting a lot of buzz, Hamzat Chemaev. Mm. What do you think about him?
1: I, I think he's just getting a lot of buzz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not. People see him beat Lee Jingleon. And all of a sudden, he's, like, the new the new god or something. But. I've been in the gyms with both these guys. So he's all right, but he's alright, you know. He's not he's not doing nothing that's like crazy or anything. Honestly doesn't doesn't really impress me too much. He's just aggressive than a motherfucker.
2: Well, on the note of a Hamza, if you look at like some of the people that are really getting pushed behind them, some of the big names, he's one mm-hmm. of them. Yep. Patty Pimlet's another name.
1: Yeah, Patty's getting pushed. Sugar
2: Sean O'Malley's getting a big push yep. right now. When do you think that the push they're getting, why do you think that is? Why do you think goes behind the push that they're getting right now and if it's warranted or not?
1: The the Cosmo push, I think, is uh, to kind of make up for the gap that Khabib had. Um, I think if they feel like he can get bigger than Khabib, that they may be able to uh, kind of play with Khabib's ego a little bit. Um, as humble as Khabib want to say he is, he's got an ego too. So I think if somebody is to— is to be looked at as above him in his own community, then maybe he might make that comeback, and then they'll make a whole lot of money off of him. I think that's probably the push that of why Kaz, uh Kazmat. I mean, and then he's he's exciting too. He he talks some shit. He he, he does his thing. He he put on a great performance that last fight. Um, and then I got to tip my hat to Sean O'Malley. Like he he knows how to come up. He did it the right way. Honestly, I wish I would have uh took a couple page or two out of his book and had that uh had that ability to kind of pick and choose my fights and and um and put on great performances like that. He did, he doing it the right way.
2: He wants strikers. He's been getting strikers and he's showing his striking ability against these strikers. Yeah,
1: I'm not mad at him for it. I'm a little jealous. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a little jealous. He doesn't have to fight jiu-jitsu black belts and then and then the next fight fight a world-class striker. And then fight a world champion, kickboxer, and then fight a wrestler. And he don't have to do that. So I'm a little jealous, but I took my hat to him for doing that, though.
2: What um, you did to Gregor Gillespie and MSG, the the wrestler, mm-hmm. and then that head kick knockout. like Heard around the around was, the world. I mean, everyone yeah. was there. President Trump was at that fight yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. Everyone knows that was the best finish of that fight card. I mean, mm-hmm. was that the Nate Diaz, the BMF uh, yep. Masvidal, yeah. Masvidal.
1: Masvidal yeah. fight, too? Like, mm-hmm. I mean... So now my 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 goal is to keep taking over Mosbado's town. You know, mm. I'm uh I'm uh making a little headway up in there. Yeah, no, oh, he's so in that's Miami. the plan.
2: And then uh and I'm then a competitor? <laughs> <laughs> and then Patty Pimblett, I guess Cage Warriors champion, Conor McGregor, like kind of. You know, like... honestly,
1: I don't know too much about Patty. Okay. I don't know too much about him. I just hear his name a lot. Uh, I saw the one fight, um, but I don't know too much about him. Like, is back? What he doing or anything? Is it because of Conor and all that? Is he? Well, first let, let's start. This is he from Liverpool or something? Liverpool. Okay. All right. So he's
2: from the UK. So I guess he's not from Ireland, but like mm-hmm. that region close enough.
0: Well, okay. it's I think Ian Gary, who also trains at Sanford. I think yeah. he's the one that's oh. So in there's reference Ian Gary. The he's a middleweight.
2: Um, that's welterweight yeah, or welterweight one. Yeah. Yep. Okay.
1: Okay. Welterweight. Ian Gary. Yeah. He, he just uh, made his UFC, UFC debut. It oh, okay. actually
2: Madison Square Garden.
1: Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. All his right. most
2: recent card. Mm-hmm. Um, He's there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I think, too, the way he's been winning in Cage Warriors, uh, you could argue is probably even just as popular, if not more popular, than Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. where he's been over there. And because he's probably that way because Conor McGregor was right. what he so was. Yeah, but, yeah,
1: I mean, he, he put on a damn good, exciting fight. Like, he he's exciting. He's It seemed like he was willing to hang his chin out there oh, yeah. in order to, to, to win. So... I think they'll always push a guy like that. If, you, if you're willing to go out there and, and really put your health on the line and, and really get knocked out, then they'll, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll give behind and give a, a, a good push. It's a little short-sighted. You know, you, your body just can't handle that. It can't keep up with that pace for too long. Um, so I think that's why they give such a big push in the beginning to kind of get their money's worth before you're, you're <laughs> before they throw you in the trash. I don't mean to shit on the UFC like that, but hey, that's the reality. That's what it is. You know, I gave my I had a lot of fights with them. I gave a lot of blood. Damn near gave a tooth. Yeah. Oh. One of these pussies didn't knock it out yet though. But
0: it's like oh it yeah, is wobbling. It's, it's broken.
1: Yeah. Uh hardest punch shot – well, first hard punch I took. Um two thousand fifteen against Leo Santos. Jose okay. Aldo's trainer. Yeah, he, he stepped back and cracked me with a right hand. Cracked it in the in the gum line. Oh, so ouch. I've been waiting for somebody to knock it out ever since then. That's 2015. Still ain't happened yet. None rather rather, rather now mean. you're inviting
2: it to happen. You're like <laughs> putting it into the Uh-oh. universe. I've been I've
1: been asking for this since like 2015. No uh, idea <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody can do it. Yeah, Diego. If you can knock this thing out, please do it, bro. I want to get a, a diamond one put in after that. Oh, okay. Been wow. trying, man. I've been trying Dude, to get somebody right. to knock it he, out. He
0: likes the flashy stuff.
1: <laughs> just a little, you know, just a little gleam to the just smile. Just one, though. Just yeah. one, just one. Oh, okay. Just on the, just on the one that breaks off. A little gleam. That's awesome.
2: So you're going to leave the gym right around the time a week before uh, someone you know well, Francis Ngannou, mm-hmm. the heavyweight champion of the world, the baddest man on the planet, defends the belt against Cyril Ghosn, former yeah. training partner. Yeah. And I know he's been probably in the gym every single day throughout these holidays. It's coming up, and mm-hmm. he knows the importance of this fight. And also, from a contract standpoint, too, this could potentially be his last fight yeah. in the UFC, which yeah. is crazy as well.
1: Yeah yeah it's huge huge a lot of pressure but he's been putting in the work um more so than I've ever seen from Francis before um and that's not to shit on what he's done before but he's putting on extra work now I see him like like after we train today he'll probably be in there for an hour afterwards jumping rope and on on the treadmill and you know doing his thing so much respect much much love to Francis
0: yeah last week we interviewed Sean Strickland and I think Behind the scenes, in the background of my interview with him, he mm-hmm. was like jumping rope the whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 putting in the the necessary work that he needs. This is a huge fight. Like I said, last one on his contract. It, it could be a. He's gonna shake up a lot of shit after he does this, and I'm behind him one thousand percent. It's like it's a crazy time that we live in uh, to be training and knowing the heavyweight champ like that.
0: Well, do you think we'll see more and more of this type of stuff happen? In yeah, the UFC absolutely. with the fighters,
2: but absolutely. And, but what do you mean, shake up a lot of shit? What do you mean by that?
1: Um, I think this could, after this fight, it could be one of those things that, that shake up the industry. You know, that that shows us being more independent. It shows us kind of taking our individual individuality back. You know, if Francis is the heavyweight champ of the world, he's he's that. He's that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what. Uh, anybody says or any anything else he's the heavyweight champ of the world so once he's able to to really solidify that even without the UFC then it's it's going to be it's going to shake up a lot of stuff well
0: what do you think is influencing more and more UFC fighters or former UFC fighters to like you said kind of be independent and in a way bet on themselves and their brand
1: money <laughs> money the whole yeah. reason why we started this shit in the first place yeah. i didn't start this to 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 be a UFC fighter like the people who do that they're uh they were lame before they even started it you know i started this shit for money i was a broke you kid you wanted from to be Detroit. a doctor didn't you yeah i was i was hey look i was going to do whatever <laughs> whatever was going to pay me the most and whatever i was going to get to first if that was doctor and 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 i could do that and show my kids that then i wanted to be that uh, but this shit came up, and it's like, oh, we can make a whole lot. Can, I can provide in a different way than I even saw. So um, that's the motivating factor. It's the motivating factor behind all this. For the people who just want the fame and, and to, the, the recognition or to say they are something, they were going to get washed out anyway. So I think uh, the money is going to be the big one.
2: But— from the Francis standpoint, in addition to the money, you gotta probably feel like it hurt him that mm-hmm. they made and not his ego a little bit that they made an interim title fight when he had just defended like four months prior, whatever it was, mm-hmm. it wasn't even half a year. When they made the interim title fight between Cyril Ga and Derek Lewis, you f- they feel like that's gotta affect the ego at least to an extent.
1: It did. I mean, and that's the that's the motivating factor too. I think behind this that that goes into your money. You know, when they when they Recognize somebody else as the heavyweight champ too. All of a sudden, like now there's somebody else on on your same level, so your price drops to whatever mm. his price is. um So I think st- they keep doing stuff like that. It's it's going to keep driving more and more real people away from the UFC. You, you I, I was hearing it on my come up and people saying who have already been in the UFC, like oh they treat you like shit once you're done. Um, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, you always like, yeah, whatever. That's you. That ain't gonna be me. But once enough people keep saying, like, oh, this is how this person is. This is how this company is. This is how they treat people. Uh, it's true. That's that's what it is. And if they take your money and they take your respect and they take all the way from you, it's like, why do we give you anything? Like, fuck you at this point.
0: Well, what advice would you give? Kind of saying the fuck next...
1: the UFC. Let me let me let me just pause. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> no worries.
0: What advice would you give the next generation of MMA fighters or young kids who do want to pursue this and in a way follow in your footsteps?
1: The biggest advice I could give is don't lose sight of the biggest goal, the bigger goal, and don't let uh, too many people influence you along that way. I think we all have our separate journeys and we all uh, can get there in in many ways. And you're always gonna have, especially as you get more people looking at you, everybody's got their own opinions and they got their own uh, ways of doing things that they wanna influence on you. And some of those people have bigger influence than you want them to have. So it's more important to, to stay focused on what got you there from the beginning. Um and once you do, like just don't get lost in the sauce, you know. Just don't get lost in the in the bullshit behind it. A (laughs) statement. I mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff you learn uh through going through this for sure.
0: From stuff that you know now, would you have done anything differently in your career?
1: I'm not gonna say I would do it differently because I don't regret anything. Um I might have done some stuff better, though. I might have. Uh, I wouldn't let too many negative negativity affect me once I kind of. Okay, when I when I first made, like, the big push, right? When when you see me, like, do the 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 Michael Chiesa thing and, and the whole shebang. I don't know. I didn't know that that was going to happen. No regrets but... with that, by the way. No regrets. Okay. No regrets. No, <laughs> no, no, no regrets. But even afterwards, you know, the calling out Tony Ferguson and, and getting that fight way too soon. Um, way before I was supposed to get that fight But that's
2: what made me a fan of you too by the way
1: Was like, taking that fight Was just him.
2: like how you just didn't give no fucks Like yeah. you made your presence felt And you separated yourself from the pack yeah. And your confidence Your bravado Like I said rambunctious at the beginning of the, the podcast But mm-hmm. like that's what made me A Kevin Lee fan And that was appreciate way that. before Anyone knew
1: who the schmo was in MMA I can appreciate that Um it's I, <laughs> sometimes I regret it, I'm not gonna lie to you. sometimes I regret having that that overriding kind of confidence to do something you know you shouldn't do, like I knew I wasn't ready for Tony at the time when I, that I took that fight. um, I just was like, all right, we're gonna do it, and uh I'm gonna put my balls out there, and we're gonna see what see what it is. My balls was bigger than my brain uh <laughs> sometimes you you regret that a little bit, but um it made me appreciate that I am able to do that more than other people are. I think for sure. Yeah. Um, for sure. Sorry, I forgot what I was talking about before I was, I was what's before going on, David yeah. interrupted. A, no, 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 no. Yeah.
0: You're kind of just reflect.
1: Reg- no regrets. Yeah. Oh, what would I do different yes. or better? Um, after that and after I took a loss, uh, I let the negativity kind of get to me a little bit when I knew beforehand that that was what I was gonna do. I knew that once you get shine, negativity comes with it. But just cause you know that doesn't mean you're, you are gonna uh, handle it right. So I feel like I could have handled the negativity and the bullshit that came with it a whole lot better other than making it put me in my shell, if that makes sense.
0: Was it more like negativity on social media or?
1: Yeah, social media and from people that I know and respect. I feel like they started to look at me a little different. Um, when I feel like y'all know me for so many years. Like, why are y'all looking at me different? Like, you should know, you should know what's in my head. And you should know what I already had planned, which is a dumb, <laughs> it's a dumb way of thinking. You should, I should have been more uh, communicative with the people that I respect it to, Um I let their negativity kind of get to me a little bit.
2: It's crazy. It's If you allow it to get to you, if you read it all, mm-hmm. it, it's, it comes to you. But, uh, you know, you could, the older you get, the more mature you get, you always find ways to tune it out and to not let anything break your mindset. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you got to like not let it break you and not let you, let it put you in a shell for sure. Um, so if I could redo anything, it's, it's probably that. But that's beyond fighting, I think. That's just growing as a person. As a, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, that's part of just my life journey, that's all.
0: But you're so young, too. You're not even 30 yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of way to I, go. I miss being in my 20s. It's a lot of fucking <laughs> way to go. It's a lot of way to go. I think 30 is going to be like, I don't know. I, I think 30 is going to be lit. I think 30 is going to be like. The years, you know, (laughs) it's going to be the best years of my life for sure. So
2: do you know where in South Florida you're going to live? Because you're not going to live on Miami, like South Beach and stuff like that. You're probably going to live
1: towards uh, Sanford to an extent, right? Fort Lauderdale. I've already looked at some townhouses out there. So uh, yeah, I'll probably uh, dig that.
2: So Midwest, you've been a Midwest guy. Mm -hmm. I know Detroit, uh, Motown Mm Phenom, one of Mm -hmm. the great nicknames in the sport, by the way. Love that nickname. Mm -hmm. Um, You've been in the West Coast. Yep. Yep. I and know you've been so, in Canada. Now South. Now you're going to the south, Southeast. Like yeah. someone who could pick up a different lifestyle um, mm-hmm. and live at a different portion of the country. Like mm-hmm. that only adds, you know, adds value in mm-hmm. so many different
1: aspects of life. And I feel like it's going to, you know, it's going to elevate me a lot. My, my uncle told me when I was like a kid, uh, something that I always kind of admired about him. He's, he said he's a chameleon. Said he can blend in wherever wherever he need to get in he can fit in you know and and I kind of have adapted that a little bit uh, I, I'm trying my best to to stop the boundaries between people you know um, I grew up very black or white he was either black or he was white you know and I've since I've become an adult I've constantly just tried to to uh, stop looking at the world that way. And I think by experiencing these different forms of life, that's the only way I'm going to be able to do it.
0: And I do know a lot of people like to say where – Traveling helps you grow because you learn so much about different people, different mm-hmm. cultures, and everything.
1: Yeah, Miami is totally different too. It's totally—it's not even like <laughs> it, it's, it's
0: its own so world.
2: <laughs> even, even Vegas is different. <laughs> yeah. Like we're both not from here. She's born and raised here. Yeah, uh-huh. Miami is different.
1: This is different, but Miami is like Miami's like a different, different level. country. You know? Yeah, it is.
0: and just prepare for the traffic
1: yeah 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 I know. but you I've,
0: have your tesla
1: what's crazy is i've, I've been there <laughs> maybe like for the last nice. i want to say for the last like nine months i've been there uh on and off like a lot it just seemed like everything kind of lined up for this promotion to be down there too so, I've already experienced that. That fucking traffic is no oh, joke. Oh, It's shit. terrible. Yeah, I'm yeah, bringing my, my Tesla down. And I was I in that. LA. Just, it <laughs> makes shit. LA, in a
2: way, seem nice. Yeah, that shit's terrible. Does your it's your Tesla. It's
1: expensive as fuck.
2: Crazy. Yeah.
0: Do you still make your Tesla like it drives itself or mm-hmm. I feel like I saw that video a few years ago.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't wait for the new one to come the out. The video he I'm put out where Cybertruck. he's playing video games. Uh, <laughs> I, while while you're driving. you uh, still do that? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every day. Every day. On my way here I did that. Wow. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, Which I, game? Uh not today, I didn't play the game, okay. but uh usually Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Oh, I'm usually okay. into Super Smash Brothers. Um i'm not gonna go far i can't wait till they release like some ar goggles i think apple's making some next year so you can play the game while you while you drive probably. you play you played smash, smash as a game. kid did I you play mario easy. kart yeah yeah a little bit a little bit i like mario Kart more than smash really mario yeah. kart more than smash yeah
2: well because in I mario kart i would do battles more okay. than i would
1: do races
2: and block fort okay it's like a nostalgic level for anyone Okay. okay, listening, knows about Mario Kart and Block Fort.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know Block Fort, but I, I fuck with Mario Kart. I, All right. I, I, I figured you Mario would. I Mario Kart heavy, you know. I, fuck, I figured but, you would. But over Smash, I don't know, bro. We, we going to debate <laughs> on that.
2: Uh, but Okay, fine. But going back to what you were saying about being a chameleon like, and just going with it, it's almost mm-hmm. like you have to take yourself out of the equation. Your background and everything like that, just try to blend in as a chameleon to observe what the hell's in front of you and what's going on. Mm-hmm. To me, that's just the learning process right there. That's the entertaining part It's just mm-hmm. learning, oh, it's like that, huh? Okay, mm-hmm. I see.
1: And then you figure out different ways to entertain people, too, you know? 100%. The great thing about fighting is it's a universal language. Mm-hmm. We don't have to say nothing, you know? We just go out there and anybody can understand it, right? Uh, maybe not the ground game. and it, ta- <laughs> it takes a while. It takes a while for do- people to, to kind of get that part, um, especially when you see, like, guys like me and Charles Oliveira, like, on the ground, it's like it's you you got to really understand it to get it um but fighting's universal you know and i think at some point we got to learn how to uh entertain all different types of people some people like that big bravado talking shit and all that some people like the the more uh canelo alvarez type of approach and you know there's many different ways to what slapping Caleb plant yeah it was pretty good huh (laughs) (laughs) that drove up the pay-per-view buys yeah yeah it was pretty fucking good too Good two, two piece. I only hit Chiesa with one. He hit him with two. <laughs> and then Masvidal Fastest got three foot. against yeah. Leon Edwards. Yeah, but I don't know. We don't count that. Okay. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh,
2: no, that's, um, you brought up his name too, Oliveira. I feel like him fighting you is what, you know, put him on this map to being in that conversation to have the interim yeah. uh, fight, at least at that time, for the interim. Type, or not the inter- uh, no, he, he fought vacant, uh, vacant. Vacant. Yeah. Yep.
1: After, after me, he fought Tony. Um, I knew he was going to smash Tony too. His level is just way too above on the ground. And then, uh, yeah, then fought for the bacon title. Yeah. But yeah. He's a. Uh, there's a lot of things surrounding that fight. I, I want that fight back, but we'll, we'll see. We'll make that happen in the future at some point. I got. I got to prove I'm the best at at 65 first, and then at some point, maybe we'll make that fight.
0: What would you have done differently?
1: To prepare for that fight? Yeah. Uh, it took more time. It took more time, for sure. Um, after I fought Gillespie, I, I I needed some time off. I needed some time to uh, to let it sink in. And instead, I just rode the wave, into, and I was talked into riding the wave and going into the next fight.
2: Okay, so then back up to the fight for Gillespie, because that's where arguably you look the best anyone's ever seen you. Appreciate so that. what did you do for that fight and that made it, like, you have to take time off after that fight, where you mentally felt like you want to take time off, but you rode the wave and listened to those people to mm-hmm. go for it further.
1: What what leading up to that fight made me yeah it, it it was that moment. That moment was so big that I knew I had to let it sit in. Um, it was my first real camp with with uh, Faraz, so I felt like we learned a lot uh, about each other in, in there. Um, and I was just trying to get. My my feet underneath me in Canada and in Montreal. Uh, But then I had to go back home to kind of handle some stuff here in Vegas. Um, But then I I took that fight and it was like right back into it. It was like right back going up to Canada in the middle of winter, too, which it had been six or seven years (laughs) since I had dealt with the winter. That's another layer on top of it. it Um, That's why I did my 18 years in Chicago as a kid and I got out. Yeah, yeah. So it was a lot. To, to deal with on top of that they flew me to brazil on one day and then and then back and all this happened within a five week span of, of getting ready to fight somebody like oliveira and uh i think part of it was I, I underestimated oliveira um until midway through the second round then i was like oh this dude's legit fuck i remember right. you
2: <laughs> i remember you flew overseas to do like a face-off with him at yep. some point before the fight where was that and what was it like facing off with him in that moment
1: um that was one of the craziest journeys that I had ever like it was a two-day trip 40 hours of flying but because of the time difference it took place in like a day I would, I flew there on a Monday and I was back by Wednesday um and they just I don't know it was it was weird it was strange and it was be it was during the whole corona thing but we didn't know that it was corona yet you know the general public um, what month it, was that? It was January, and that was in Brazil. So no, it was February. Fe- I'm sorry. I took the fight in January. That was February, maybe February 12th, something like that, in um,
2: Brazil. So the world shut down the month later in
1: March. Right. The, you fought. Was it the 14th? Right.
2: So day after my 30th birthday, which it never felt like I turned 30 on mm-hmm. March 13th night because the world shut
1: down.
0: Yeah, there, he so gets mad at me because he's like, you. you didn't do anything for my 30th no, birthday, no. but because the world was, shut, yeah, down. shut down. Yeah, huh? I couldn't do I, anything. So
1: when's your birthday? March? March 13th.
2: 13th. So okay. it's the day before yep. uh, your fight. Um, mm-hmm. So, no, we, we made up for it. We were going to go to Horseshoe Bend. We were going to We were gonna. You I had know, hike cancel and all that stuff. Everything. We ended up doing that that following Thanksgiving right before the Thanksgiving. Okay. So I, so I okay. stopped caring. Mm. She just <laughs> brings it up then, to tease me. She just brings it up to tease me.
1: I feel you. But it was like you said, it was a pandemic, you know. Was, what, what could we do? But I think it, it started way before that. These big companies and all these, uh, you know, the world kind of knew before we knew, I think. Um, before we accepted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, really, I didn't accept it until like fucking June, probably, you know. <laughs> uh, it's crazy because you are
2: technically the first I fight. I know. You and all yeah. that. That's the first fight of the entire that. pandemic. Because you can say what we saw in Jacksonville mm-hmm. when it was. Tony yeah. and um and uh Justin Gaethje. Gaethje. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And other people fought too, obviously, but yeah. I remember that fight specifically. Mm-hmm. But like your fight was technically the first fight. And didn't you do it in an empty arena in Brazil?
1: Yeah, and it was supposed to be it was supposed to be full. Did they have and masks? They came to on? Us three days before the, the people uh Yeah, that were there. Honestly it's hard to remember. I, know. I get tunnel vision. I get tunnel vision. It's yeah. I don't remember seeing anybody else but Charles that night.
2: I can yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Charles, I, don't think had mass, but I wouldn't did know. have had before. He? Yeah.
0: Well, I think Charles. You know, when we spoke like two weeks ago about mm-hmm. kind of what's next for him, and I know Justin Gaethje has been talking about or been deserving David's laughing now. No, I, I know what
2: you're going to say. I'm laughing. Yeah.
0: Well, no, because I heard in an interview recently that Charles said he may be waiting for Connor.
2: Mm-hmm. I knew that's what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But, I mean, what do you think about this whole lightweight situation? And we have Benil versus Islam yeah. next – And they can't months.
2: give Connor off of his losses a title shot. Yeah. Like that would delegitimize anything. If I'm Justin Gaethje, like what he said, he'd throw a dolly or something like that. Yeah. I, maybe I read that. <laughs> I, I, would, I would go scorched earth. I'd yeah, burn I the place too. down. He's he the most Gaethje, deserving. If I'm yeah, Gaethje, 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 I'd burn Gaethje the place down. is most down. deserving. He is.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, but but part of me, part of me want to say they should give it to Connor.: Part of me thinks that uh, Oliveira Conor deserves that. He's been in the sport a long time. He' got yeah. a lot of fights.: He's I got respect the man. He's
2: got the records for like most submission victories, mm-hmm. for sure. And he's um, got a
1: lot of I think he's got the record for most fights before uh, actually getting a title match. Yeah, so. that's true. yeah. and um, he's got
2: more records than that, but that he does have yeah. as well.
1: And and he doesn't have that much uh he just don't have it in him to to get that big, so he's gotta make the name off of something. Well here's the problem. Well, let's just be real. Let's
2: just it. be real. He can't speak English. If he could speak right, English, right, it'd be completely right. different. Yeah. Like
1: if he could do this. Yeah. But but if he can if he can uh I think it could make him a huge hometown um home country not town uh it'll make him a hero if he beats conor mcgregor right you know conor beat jose i think brazilians still feel some way about that i think they're still kind of bitter about that let's uh let's go ahead and give it to him and honestly conor's not really gonna earn it you know conor's not gonna beat uh Shore.
2: or then my advice to Oliveira, if that's what he really wants to do get a dictionary or just memorize it <laughs> call out conor mcgregor in english how how could they say no to that if he says it in english
1: you know I'm, I, I guess the way i'm looking at it is from the ufc's perspective and it's if you want to make the most bang for your buck which is what the ufc's business model is then you make you make charles and in, in in uh and Connor happened in by Brazil any means, by in, any means.
2: In Brazil, for him to have redemption in front of his people. Yep. I don't know which city it was. Was it Sao Paulo? Was it uh, the other one? I have or, no uh, idea. Rio one Rio or de, Brazil- de Janeiro.
1: Brazilia, I think, is the is the capital. That's where I fought him at. So okay, maybe yeah. Give I,
2: wherever city it was. Give him the. opportunity in a soccer to That works too. Oh, okay. Go in to a okay. soccer stadium. Go to the yeah. so, go to the air <laughs> soccer stadium to that
1: arena. Let's do
0: it. They fill
2: it up. Of course. Okay.
1: I think that'll be huge. You know, That's I think it, it's, it's business. It is business, and if they if they uh, really want to get as big as possible, I think they they probably do that. Connor and uh, Connor and Charles, twenty twenty two. If not, what do you do? You do you do Charles and and Gaethje. That's gonna do decent. Charles is gonna beat him. Well, um, if Charles okay, do decent.
2: okay, so then why can't Charles fight Gaethje and then after that he fights Connor? If you think Charles is going to be gauchy, or are you too afraid to
1: risk that? Why make Charles do it again? You know, why make him do it again? Those, those, these last two fights that he's had, he's put a lot of damage on his body, a lot. He's taken a lot of damage. So uh, why?
2: Who had a better Who had a better opportunity to win that fight against Charles Chandler or Poirier?
1: Chandler. Yeah, yeah,
2: because yeah. of what he did in that first round.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he just—I don't know—it just seemed um, like Charles got more confidence about him after that fight. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be really hard to beat him now.
2: I never seen him celebrate like that after the Chandler I fight. Know. Mm-hmm. That was—that yeah. was personality.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't see he's it, he didn't,
2: it. He's got it, but you just—if he knew English,
1: <laughs> you think <laughs> the English thing is gonna—is gonna—is gonna stop him? Yeah. It's not going
2: to stop him, but it's like it could only help him in this market.
1: Mm-hmm. He'd be a star. You do you have to be huge in America, you know? So you be, so better. so That's what? Why, he
2: why is Izzy here. huge? He's got a great personality and he speaks English. He's not from America. Same thing could be for. I'm not saying same thing because Izzy's his own personality. Izzy's larger than life. Yeah. I mean, he's getting the rightful roses that he's earned. But like Oliver could do that if he
1: spoke English. He could, but. It's not gonna happen. Let, let's, not. Let's, let's be real. Let's be yeah, honest. Something. He's not gonna. If if he wanted to do that, then he would have to move to America and you know what I mean. Kind of understand our culture a little bit. Why fix what's I not don't broken? See it, yeah. yeah. I don't see it happening. Well, I don't think that's. I don't think that's him as a person. You know, like for me, like I I, I like to always travel, right? I I like to move and 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 kind of blend in. I think he is set in who he is, and that's how he should be. That's cool, you know. Him, you oh, didn't
2: sign with uh, Habib's promotion. Where would you have signed?
1: Um, one was 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 one of them. Um, was it mm, honestly? I probably would have went. I would have probably did my own thing. What's what that? Mean? Probably did my own thing. I would have I would have started my own promotion. If I if I didn't that that's the day before I actually did the signing and did that press conference. Uh, we were talking about doing my own thing but this made more sense once we uh, hammered out some of the finer points of the the contract.
0: Well, down the line, would you still wanna do your own thing?
1: Yeah, at some point, at some point, you know. I think eventually we will become our own promoters, as we should, Um, but that's a whole side to the game that is very complicated, and you gotta put in just as much effort on that side as you do to the actual fighting side. So for now, I can be a, a full-fledged fighter. You know, I can focus solely on the punches and the kicks and the and the shit like that, um, and leave the promote to somebody else. But at some point, yeah, why not?
2: It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, hey, as we wrap up the year 2021, as we wrap things up at the Schmo Zone podcast, you're a fantastic guest. Uh, what do you want to leave the world with as lasting thoughts for the year of 2021? Last in
1: thoughts, year 2021, going into this new year, I don't know. I just want to embrace, like, individuality. You know, I think each one of us is so different and so unique in our own paths and our own ways and our own come-ups. And, like, you are the only one with your story. Like, let's embrace that. Let's get away from bullshit of, of the world and what you're supposed to be and you're supposed to act like this and you're supposed to be like this like no just be you and be a uh, individual and then it's gonna raise everybody up you know I think the more you can just be open and just be free uh it'll raise everybody
0: and hopefully we'll see you with a new tooth soon <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully not because that means somebody knocked my shit out. That means out. someone punched so, him in the face. Yeah, I that know, means somebody knocked out. But my I know how bad he but wanted. Yeah, you know? I do. I wanted it to happen.
0: Or just do get a it to dentist happen, to pluck it. That
2: that is a <laughs> fantastic <laughs> no, icebreaker.
1: No, I can't have the dentist do it. It's got to be so somebody's got to knock <laughs> the shit out. But uh my dad practiced
2: dentistry for like over 30 years. you would love hearing that.
1: Yeah, tell him uh ask him ask him how What's the best way? Do they hit it, like, solid with my mouth open? I'll text or it to you. Do they hit the jaw? I'll text it to you. All right, yeah, please. Yeah.
2: I don't know if you want the jaw, though. You don't want no. that. No, I don't know. You don't but want the chin. Of course not, but, I mean. Oh, let's avoid the chin.
1: I'm just saying, how do you knock the tooth out? We'll figure it out. you have to hit me in the nose? and it. You
2: know. Remember those old cartoons? You just tie a rope yeah. to it and someone just leaves <laughs> uh, No, that's great. No, but to your point, though, too, I like the embrace and individuality. We all you. live... One yeah. life. We're all adults. No one has the answers. We're all faking it till we make it. Not really faking <laughs> That's it. a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, That's that a fact. That. You don't well, figure that out until well, you get older. You create yeah. your own path. You yep. blaze your own trail. But not everyone can do it. Not everyone is willing to put in the work to do it. But mm-hmm. those who are shall be rewarded. That's fact. a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Episode 89 of the Schmozone podcast.
1: Love it. Love it. The Schmozone. The Schmozone. I love it. Yeah. You guys are creating some big here. I like it. Appreciate you.
0: We are out.